we are taking flight once again That's today. Right. Praise we God. We are going to just take off and lift up high in our conversation with you today. Amen. We want <laughs> you and your marriage to soar. To soar. Here we go. We're going to start in the very beginning. <laughs> the book of beginnings. But before we do, you know, you, you mentioned the word soar, you know. Oh, boy. <laughs> when, an, when an eagle soars. I said we're taking off. You said soar. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, let's not lose the power of that imagery. Oh, you know, no. Because. It's powerful. Um, you know, the it's the position of the wings oh. that allow the, the really the resistant wind to give lift. Oh, and so sometimes we think we're going to rise because everything is just calm and smooth. No, no trouble. <laughs> it's actually the adversity, the challenges, the stress, the pressure of life, against and how we how we position our hearts in it that allow right. us to soar and rise and actually lift in those situations. So your marriage, my marriage, um, our families, are they're not going to rise and soar in a vacuum. Until there's some resistance. You know, there was some an experiment done on. years ago uh, called a biodome out in the Southwest. <laughs> and they created... I knew you were going to come up with this. They created the perfect environment. <laughs> okay. It, it was a tree farm. There were trees. Wasn't it? No, it was a biodome where they created oh. a, a world. I know, know, but it was trees. They had trees. Okay, that's what I mean. But they didn't discover that their little perfect vacuum world where all the temperature was right, the moisture was right, the everything that was in the atmosphere was right, the soil was perfect. Yeah, they, they had planted all, these they trees. Had, well, they had all kinds of things they oh. were growing. It wasn't just trees, oh. but they did have trees. And so <laughs> they had all the crops and everything was just beautiful. They were getting bumper crops on all their vegetables. and But then all of a sudden they had a tree fall over. Uh, yep. That's what it was. I knew it was a tree something. <laughs> the tree fell over because it had no roots. It had no roots because there was no wind. There was no adversity, you know, to, to make the roots go down deep. So the roots were shallow because <laughs> there was no resistance to the tree. And so it just had So you sh- could have a perfect environment and your tree fall down. And your tree fall down. <laughs> So maybe that'll make you look at adversity a little bit differently. Yeah, so you know, it's and it's not like you're going to have to pray and believe for it. it it'll, <laughs> it will come. Jesus said in Matthew seven, the the wind's going to blow, be the rain's going to come. Good cheer, though. That's right, but be of good cheer. We've overcome. <laughs> so, how that eagle. Or those birds position their wings, gives them lift right. in the midst of the wind. And so, you know, we've we started our whole conversation, this series on marriage, talking about seeking God's way of doing things. Uh-huh. And when we do that, yes. we're going to position our hearts in a way that no matter what comes, we actually end up higher. That's right. We always we just end keep up, moving up. All things work together for good for those who are who love God and who are called according to his purpose. That's right. So purpose will position your marriage. Purpose will position your heart in marriage. Well, and I love it how you just said purpose will will position your marriage. Because what is unity? It is a place of consistent commitment to purpose. Oh, hello. Hello. And so that's, you know, these are important truths that will make every day a win. These are important truths that will help you face whatever challenge you might have in marriage, family, finances, uh, 
with children, grandchildren, you know, because all of these things affect the marriage. You know, how you're going to handle the situation, how you're going to, you know, buying homes, moving. I mean, if you want to see where your marriage is at, just move. <laughs> you know, just just go through a moving process and you'll all the things will get flushed out. I think all out. the husbands said amen. <laughs> just pack just pack a U-Haul and, and, and you will find out where, where your marriage is at. <laughs> Actually, just pack a car for travel. There you go. Go on a trip. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, everything could be all wonderful until it's time to pack the trunk and and woohoo here we go uh, oh anyway, my goodness if you know your purpose if, if you, know, you know your purpose if you know the purpose of marriage if you know the purpose that god has set before us and that is that we become love and that we come under the mission of love we come under that mission and we talked about that one of our first sessions together you know the word submission is not a it's not a foul cuss word it's not a <laughs> it's not a word that you should be offended by it's not a word that should give you images of bondage well, control and, okay but it, let, let's back up for just a second I think this is worth saying because I just know that when you use the word submission, somebody literally cringes. Mm -hmm. And the reason why they cringe is because there has been unhealthy manipulation under the pretext of submission. That means somebody's taken that, distorted it, perverted Mm -hmm. it, and said, submission. Mm Mm-hmm. And that is not, it, it, that is a lack of understanding of what the real true word yeah. really means. And we talked about that in one of um, our last discussions. Yeah. And so you can, you can pick up more on that conversation if you go back to, I think the first session we had on marriage, you can pick that up. But, you know, so when we talk about submission, just to real briefly recap, it's coming under the mission of love. You gave That's the right. example, Kim, of a submarine. A submarine is a vessel that's under the surface of the water. It's it's under the water, so it's submarine. So it's a submission is under another's mission. Well, clearly, if if he's the potter, we're the clay. I don't think it's rocket science. We're under his mission. We should be. We don't create our own. We can try, but see how that works for you. Now, <laughs> what I think is interesting, and I'm going to talk to to the ladies here. You know, when we are coming under. God's mission, Mm -hmm. that means we are coming under the mission of love. But when we work with our husband and come under the mission of of love that he sees Mm -hmm. in the functionality and the the um, purpose of our family, it becomes a whole new level. Because when you think about if marriage has a mission, then whether it's the husband or the wife, we're all coming under the mission of our marriage. That's right. So even the husband, even though, like Scripture says, you know, it says uh, wives submit to your husbands, but then it says husbands love your wives as as Christ loved the church. So that means everyone's under submission. Everyone That's is right. is mandated by Scripture to be under authority. And together, the husband and wife are under the authority of the marriage, under the mm-hmm. mission of the marriage, which is the mission of love. And so it's not about, you know, I'm the boss. It's about Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. And if Jesus is Lord of our marriage, then the man is going to be under that 
place. He's going to be, he's going to hold his heart in that place under the mission of love. And then together, the husband and wife hold themselves under the mission of love, which means we're seeking, we're aiming at Matthew six thirty three, the kingdom of God in our marriage. His way of His doing way. and being right. That's right. And Amen. so one of the greatest examples we can, well, in fact, before we go back to that, I, you know, we've brought it up. Let's not just go, let's not take a hard left. Let's just stay in this stream here, sweetheart. Uh, let's go to Ephesians 5. Um, you know, again, we had some things we thought we would get into, but Holy Spirit. and Well, we'll the, get back to. We'll get back to it, but I want to just. I want people to see this in Scripture. We talked about the mission of marriage. I used that phrase. I don't want you just to accept that because I said it or we said it. That's right. You know, there is a mission to marriage. There's a mandate in Scripture upon marriage. There's a purpose for marriage, and there's a high calling that marriage has. That's why marriage is so attacked. Yes, I was going to say, that's the major reason for distortion. Mm Mm-hmm. Of marriage. Yeah, the enemy has fought from the very beginning to pollute marriage, to corrupt marriage, to make it, just like you said, distorted. To divide, mm-hmm. because look at, well, I know you're going, we're going to Ephesians, but I'll just mention in, in Genesis, I mean, there was a great divide mm-hmm. because the enemy came in to get Eve to be deceived, mm-hmm. and because she made the choice that she made, her husband made the choice he made, it caused great divide. And so what you just said there, the enemy did not even show up until a marriage existed. That's right. So that's when he realized, I got to make my move. Huh. I got to stop him. When he saw a marriage in existence, he saw a covenant of marriage, a covenant of marriage that was under the mission of God, he thought, I got it. Because it was like a trinity. He saw mm-hmm. a man, a woman, and God. He saw a trinity. Threat, a threat, threat, threat. And so this is why that marriage is such a target, because it's such a threat to the enemy and to the kingdom of darkness. Well, and if we look at, not, you know, knowledge is half the battle. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we're if we're forewarned of something, mm-hmm. boy, man, it helps us. Yeah. And so if we look at at our marriage and we see the enemy's going to look. I mean, he is seeking what he can steal, kill and destroy. But Jesus has come that we have life and we have it more abundantly. So it means that when we take knowledge and foreknowledge of the enemy's going to try, mm-hmm. but we're going to sure up. Yeah, we're going to sure up where he can't divide. We're going to we're going to be on guard against him. Yeah, we're you gonna know, be watchful. We're going to be alert. Mm-hmm. We're going to be prayerful. We're, Full of the spirit. We're going to be committed, mm-hmm. committed to the purpose of marriage. God has a purpose for it. In fact, we see the high calling of marriage in Ephesians chapter five, which is a, a it's not the only passage where Paul, you know, as directed by the Holy Spirit, gave instruction to husbands and wives. It is one of the premier passages, but it's not the only one. But here in Ephesians five, he picks it up um, around verse uh, 21, where he says, you know, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Then he says, wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as 
unto the Lord, for husbands are the head of the wife, even as Christ is head of the church. He's the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let wives be to their own husbands in everything. Then he says, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, so that he would sanctify it, cleanse it, and wash with water, the water of the word, that he might present to himself a glorious church. Say that with me. A A glorious glorious church. church. Now, that is a phrase that is used often. And we want to see a glorious church, don't we? Yes, we do. We want to see a glorious church rise up in our generation. We want the world to see a glorious church, but we cannot surgically remove that statement from its context if we think we're going to see a glorious church. Uh See, a glorious church is not only nestled in the instructions to marriage, it's specifically nestled in his instruction to men. And so men, listen up, that he might present a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loves his wife loves himself. No one has ever hated his own flesh, but he nourishes it. He cherishes it even as the Lord the church, for we are members of his body, of his flesh, of his bones. And for this cause will a man leave his father and mother. That's recorded in Genesis, where Kim, you mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. For this cause, a man and a father, I'm sorry, a, a father, a man will leave his father and mother and shall be joined with his wife and to his wife, and the two shall be one flesh. So get ready. Here it is. The mission of marriage. This is a great mystery. (laughs) Marriage is a mystery, but marriage has a mission. I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his wife as himself and the wife see that she reverence her husband. So you see that marriage has a mandate. It has a mission and it's to be a witness and a a testimony. Mm -hmm. It's to be an example of Christ and the church. Now, it's great to go out on the street and go witnessing and tell people about Jesus. That is witnessing. Yes. But look at what Scripture says is one of the major witnesses to the world of what Christ and the church, what being a Christian is all about. He says, I want marriage to give that image. I want marriage to be that witness. I want marriage to be that testimony of covenant union, covenant commitment, covenant oneness, where two become one. Wow. Man. Well, and the two becoming one, because see what um, what happened in Genesis, and here we go, we're going to get into mm-hmm. Genesis now. What happened in Genesis in the very creation was that the, God, he, when he created man, it was for fellowship. It was mm-hmm. for there to be a, a relationship with with man. And then he created Adam, and then it was like, oh, man. <laughs> You're in trouble, buddy. You need help. <laughs> now that's Kim's words, but um, but you you need 
you know, there needs to be more. And mm-hmm. and the fact was, Adam could not reproduce by himself. And that's the huge point of all that. The re- he wasn't just lonely. Adam was not unfulfilled. He was with God. He was with God. But there was going to be no reproduction, and that's what God wanted. He wanted to reproduce himself again and again and again and again through generation after generation after generation, and he needed a way to do it. And so he took Eve. Yeah. And he he you know created out of Adam. Mhm. And then what happened? The two of them they were walking talking and the only thing that the the father said was don't eat of that tree. Mhm. There are certain things that are not um for our consumption. Mhm. That's right. And as a godly couple well, I don't know mm-hmm. why I'm saying this, but it's out there. There are things that we are not to consume. That's right. That's right. There are unholy, worldly things that are even perversion, mm-hmm. even into, and we're talking about marriage here, even into, you know, intimacy and intimate things. There are perversions that mm-hmm. are out there. Yeah. You better make sure that you're not bringing that into your holy That's right. marriage bed. That's right. The marriage bed, Scripture says the marriage bed is undefiled. Undefiled. But we have to let God define, define what, it. what it is. And, and God created that part of marriage for absolute enjoyment and and fulfillment. And yet we can't let the world, just like we can't let the world into uh, the church Mm-hmm. We can't let the world into the home, and we definitely can't let the the world into the marriage bed. That's right. And so, enough you know, said there. With enough that. said there with that. And so, but but back to okay. So, um, so there was there was the coming back together of Adam and Eve. Mm-hmm. And why was that? That was for the reproduction. But it was also for completion mm-hmm. in reproduction. Yeah, because and it wasn't just about having, you know, having babies for man's sake. No. Again, man was made in the image and likeness of God. It was going to reproduce the image and likeness of God. Yes, Adam and Eve were going to have a Cain. They were going to have an Abel and they were going to have a child. But that child also had the purpose that they had. And that was the image and likeness of God. And so one of the greatest ways by design that we have in Scripture is that a child is going to come to faith in the home. A child is going to discover who God is in the home. And so you can see why the enemy has targeted marriage. He's targeted the home. He wants to create create pain in the Mm -hmm. home. He wants to create hurt in the home. He wants to create rejection in the home. He wants there to be abuse and manipulation and, and, and all sorts of things in the home so that the home becomes a place that you want to escape from. The marriage becomes a place you want to escape from. He wants to create that emotion in the heart of people because there's such a high calling from the beginning. From the beginning. There's such a high calling upon marriage and upon the home and upon family because family is the eternal framework that God is going to build and build and build through the ages to come. Okay, so let's get more into that. Okay, so in the book of Genesis, let's but let's see the dynamic 
Because again, if there is pain in the home, yes, and there is, there's pain in every home. Yes, there's hurt, there's frustration, there's disappointment in every home, in, even in the best of homes. That's right. And so we can't act like, well, this is. For, I wish someone else would hear this podcast. No, you're listening. <laughs> God knew you'd be listening. And let's just be honest, all of us together, there's pain in every home. There's, yes. there's disappointment in every home. It might be, some might be facing financial disappointment. Some might be facing the loss of a loved one. Some might be facing just a an loss illness. of an illness, a loss of a job, a, a career change, a business failure, a bankruptcy, just a on, loss of a child. You know, it could just be, it could be, man, I've I've got everything I thought I ever wanted and I'm still unfulfilled. Ooh. I've got, you know, I've got a home. I've got a vacation home. I've got the cars I've always dreamed of driving. I've got the clothes I've always wanted to wear, but I still feel empty. Ooh. So it doesn't matter. There's there's the need for God to come closer into yes. our life. And when he does, let's look at the book of Genesis in chapter three. And we learn so much. Yes. What does it look like to seek God's way of doing and being right? Oh, come on. What does it look like to stay under the mission of marriage, stay under the mission of love and press into agreement with God? Because that's what worship's all about. Intimacy, agreement, agreement and, and partnership. partnership with God. So here in Genesis three, we see God coming to his man, coming to his 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 daughter is the ones he created and they have done what we all know they did they ate of the tree like you said there's certain things he gave the entire garden for them to eat and enjoy but there was one tree just one yeah just one one <laughs> just one i mean you see the see the rule and god's boundaries are not to box us in he gave them the entire garden to enjoy. But because he made one tree they couldn't taste, they weren't supposed to enjoy, or not enjoy, they weren't supposed to eat. That was the one the enemy targeted and said, Ah, oh, God's holding out on you. God's boxed you in. God's put a lid. God's capping you. You're made for so much more. And he's shutting you down. And so he came in and he put a question in the heart of Eve. And she put that question in the heart of her husband. And they ate together and they allowed the goodness of God to come into question. Yeah. And because God's goodness and character came into question, what was lost in the garden was the trust that God had in his children. Uh-oh. And so so this is why marriages break down. This is why families break down. Trust is lost. Trust is lost. And trust is something that, you know, when you begin to rebuild trust, it, it takes work. It takes it takes intentional work, but it's going to take the grace of God. Mm-hmm. It's going to take healing. It's going to take the the work of Holy Spirit in our lives and our marriages, because this is where this. I mean, this is all about trust. You know, marriage is built upon trust. Home is built upon trust. Families built upon trust. The work of God, that the church is built upon trust. Why do people get frustrated with church and leave church and say, well, I love Jesus, but I can't stand church? Because trust, trust mm-hmm. was broken. Trust was compromised. And so it's all about trust. But notice how God pursued 
the relationship. He did, didn't he? He didn't give up on them. He didn't. And so here's the good news. He's not giving up on us. That's right. And so we can't give up on our marriages. We can't give up on our children. We can't give up on the dreams that God's given you as a couple, you know, a dream of a business, a dream of a future. And, you know, right now I just hear this in my spirit. Well, but you don't know um, how hard it's been. And I really have in my heart given up. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm here today to say that his mercies are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. Mm -hmm. And so we speak to that discouragement. We speak to that giving up, that hopelessness that has entered in. And we say no. Mm-hmm. No to you any longer. That's right. Hope returns. Faith comes. And the hearing of the word of God is imparted into you today That's right. to give you hope That's right. and future. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. And so in Genesis 3, what happened in verse 7 is their eyes were opened. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I mean, Sight came. The enemy said, you're going to, you know, there's things you need to see that he's not letting you see. There's things you need to know he's not letting you know. And yeah, it was a lie, but it was actually true, too, because their eyes were open and they did see things they'd never seen. That's they right. did know things they'd never known. They'd never seen nakedness. They'd nope. never seen lack. No, they hadn't. They'd never felt shame. No, they never but they felt did. guilt. So yeah, they did experience things they'd never experienced for, like fear, fear, like lack, like shame, hello, guilt, questions. I mean, it, yeah. So that part of what he said was true. They did experience things that they'd never experienced before. But God didn't want them to ever know those things. He didn't no, want he them didn't. to know shame and lack and guilt and fear. And His way of doing things Come on. was provision and protection. That's right. No shame. But, you know, sometimes we find ourselves getting out of his way of doing it. Mm-hmm. And so we do open ourselves up to some of those things. So what do we do in that instance? We have to look at those we, those situations, those circumstances. We have to repent mm-hmm. and we have to turn back to his way of, of doing things. And that's why verse 8 says the vo- they heard the voice of the Lord come walking in the garden. <laughs> and so when we hear the word of God, that's right. In our devotion time, you know, in our our fellowship gatherings where anointed men and women of God are preaching, teaching the word of God, what are we what's happening? The voice of the Lord is coming to us. Mm-hmm. And when the voice of the Lord comes to us, however that comes in our times with him and our times of assemblies, when the voice of the Lord comes, what happens? Well, they what they did, Adam and Eve did is they hid themselves. Uh-oh. And then they, of course, they had made coverings for themselves. And we find out later in the conversation, they begin to blame each other. Okay, so we're going to just kind of in the last few seconds, minutes here, we're going to just kind of in enlarge just a little bit about this. But we are going to pick mm-hmm. this very thing up in our next conversation. So you do not want to That's miss right. it because we are going to unpack that. Because this is where... When when love needs to um, speak, 
into a situation. You know, um, when love has to confront something, um, and you know, in marriage, you're going to have to confront things with your spouse. You know, wives, you're going to have to be able to confront your husbands with things. Husbands, you're going to have to be able to confront your wives with things. Parents, you're going to have to be able to confront your your children with things. As you move forward, as you're pursuing going from glory to glory and grace to grace, some things are going to have to leave your life. Some things are going to have, you know, habits and ways and choices and things are going to have to leave. Things are going to have to be added. And so things are going to have to be confronted by the word of God. And that confrontation is actually just healthy, open, safe Mm -hmm. communication. Exactly. And so communication is the key. Mm-hmm. So love will communicate. Love love is not passive. No. Love's going to communicate. And so God shows right here in the beginning, he's going to get started quickly communicating. And so here's one of the most beautiful things and we'll we'll talk about this when we get into our next conversation. You know, for there to be healthy communication, all communication ceases in a threat environment. All communication ceases in a threat environment. And we're going to pick up that in our next conversation. But obviously they felt threatened. Was there a reason to be threatened? No. I mean, God is love. I mean, look at what he pursued in the family and eventually sent Jesus. He was he was not just wanting to crush him. But what it, that they perceived threat because of the sin that they'd done. So they hid They covered and they blamed. And those are the things that we have to be willing to let the Holy Spirit work out in our life. How am I hiding from the truth that Mm. wants to come into my marriage? How am I covering? How am I blaming? These are things that the Holy Spirit for our marriage to reflect the beauty of of Christ in the church, for our marriage to stay on the mission and stay yeah. under the mission of love. Come on. Then there's going to be areas that I have to realize I've been hiding. Oh. There's going to be areas I'm going to have I'm to be blaming. honest. I'm, I've been blaming my wife for that. I've been blaming my kids for that. I've been blaming my my boss for that. I've been blaming someone else. You know, we we love to blame, shift the blame. And I've been covering, covering, covering mm-hmm. how I really feel. Yeah. And so we have to create a safe environment. We have to create a healthy environment for communication so that we are no longer hiding. We're no longer blaming. We're no longer covering. And those things will take work. They'll take practice. But it's a journey. It's a journey. And it's an adventure. It is an adventure and it's for well sure. well worth every sacrifice you'll have to make to stay under the mission of love. That's right. That's right. Well, pick back up with us in the next conversation. And thank you so much for uh, sitting down with us today. Hope that the Holy Spirit just reveals to you uh, more and more uh, out of this conversation. and, And may it help and enrich and enlarge your marriage. 